This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, we introduce you to George Martin. He has Parkinson's. He's had a treatment done with electrodes in his brain that gets run from a charger in his chest like a pacemaker, but his doctors can control it remotely from an app. And not only all of that, he's found love in the storyline too. Plus, in the world of technology, Handy Andy Barrar joins us and he talks about switching from iPhone to Android or Android to iPhone, how difficult it can be to change your phone and technology. Are you okay with unpopular names like Chad? This is the Shift Podcast. Every now and then we have a fascinating story that comes across uh, our desk, and and this is absolutely one of them. I I look forward to introducing you to a man named George Martin. Um, uh, He's in Newfoundland, so I feel like I'm saying his name wrong. I should probably say uh, George Martin, uh, so I can get a little East Coast on on my A and and keep it appropriate, George. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. Your East Coast is doing pretty good. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. How was uh, how was the summer in Newfoundland this summer? We had a hot summer this year. Dry yeah. as well. Forest fires burning in central Newfoundland are bad. Yeah, we just ran a story about um about that just last night. I just learned about those fires last night. Um, now they're on the mainland, though, not on the island. Is that correct? No, there's one in central Newfoundland. Really bad. Is it really? Hey, uh, we have a. Uh, our- Town that they're called Grand Falls, they're on an evacuation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and is that Newfoundland. how close is that to everything? Because the island of Newfoundland is not that big. Island of Newfoundland is about 500 and 600 miles wide. Oh, is it really? Hey, at the widest point, I guess it does get kind of long and skinny in those those sort of jagged points of Newfoundland. Yes. Um, What's your favorite thing about Newfoundland? I've got to ask because I grew up in Fort McMurray, so I feel like, as a guy who's never been, I feel like I have quite the experience of Newfoundlanders. So what's your favorite part of being there? Oh, it's just you go five minutes in car and be in the country. Yeah. Have you ever been to Ireland? No. Yeah. I imagine it being an awful lot like that. My sister has been to Ireland, and she says a lot of it is. Yeah. Quite beautiful. Um. Okay, so George is here because George has been through quite the endeavor when it comes to uh, your health. Yes. George, can you help us understand what started for you um, with your health? And for those who um, you know are curious about the onset of uh, health issues, this is probably good for you to, if you could, share a little bit of that experience of the onset of your condition and um, it was about 14 years ago that this all started, and then and then let's get caught up to where you are today. Yes, it's 15 years ago, actually. Wow. My thumb started to shake. Just one thumb. Just one thumb. A year later, it was my full arm. A year after that, it was my left side. Huh. And so on. My body was shaking all over. I was ready to call it quits. And I learned about the Abbott Laboratories and their research. The doctors in Toronto. And I went to Toronto for a preliminary hearing just before COVID. Mm -hmm. And I I was told I was a candidate for surgery. Two years later, I went back up again. And saw the same doctors, and it was still preliminary. But I came on home, and within a week I was called to come back. And they operated on me on November the 15th of last year. Uh-huh. And put uh, what they call a generator, which is a battery, in my chest. Right here. And it sends electrical impulses to the brain. Okay. And the shaking just stopped. Give me my life back. And this was Parkinson's you were diagnosed yes. with, right? Yes. Uh, what I, did that, let's push pause right there for one second, George. What did that, what was that like? I mean, so now at this point, you're, well, you're 10 years in, at least, with shakes starting in your thumb, encompassing your whole body. 
And now all of a sudden, the shakes, the Parkinson's and the shakes, they stop. What was that experience like for you? As I mentioned earlier, it gave me my life back. I could, I yeah, go, yeah. I could go into restaurants again without being nervous. I could walk my dogs. I got four dogs. I could take the dogs for a walk again without falling down. Was that the biggest impact of you? Was it was it more the um the risk of falling down because you couldn't trust that those you know, you know the body was going to be stable with the shakes that's or that's correct. a little bit of both when it uh, going into a restaurant with the fear of falling down on your way to the table uh I'm assuming and and I think it's I, the reason why I'm assuming George is because I think people when we don't understand Parkinson's and all these other conditions that we um, we assume we know what it's like. So I would I want you to correct me if I'm wrong. So things like cutting your food, holding your fork, keeping food on your spoon or your fork, all of those things I imagine would be around you or weighing on you all the time. Yes, I could not cut my steak. Hmm. My wife would have to cut my steak for me. What's the biggest contrast that you see now with uh, with the with your battery and the shakes gone? Are you able to do? I you walk the dogs. That's uh, must be just liberating for you. What are some of the other specific examples? The little things that you find are different in your life today. Little things like being able to use a fork and knife, like I mentioned just a minute ago. Yeah. I can drive again. I had to give up my yeah. driver's license, but now I'm driving again. Really. That must be just unbelievable feeling i have a travel trailer 27 foot travel trailer that i'm using again going out on weekends huh. okay let's get uh george uh martin has uh has parkinson's and he has stepped into this new surgery so tell us what you went through because they came into this conversation um with you that was all new after you've lived with this for a decade all of a sudden there was something new and so what is it and and what's happened well, it's the operation you stay awake for it. You sit up in a chair and they go down through your head. Oh, that must be weird. Yes, you feel a drill going down through your scalp. No. Oh, George. <laughs> you actually feel it. Oh. You, you hear it too, but there's no pain. Hmm. Oh, that just makes my heart. <laughs> <laughs> they implant two electrodes in, in, in your brain, one on each side. Yeah. Left and right. And they give you, I, I got an iPod that controls the battery in my chest. Generator, we'll call it. Generates electrical current up to the, those electrodes that are implanted in your brain. Uh. And it stimulates the brain to work. That's what Parkinson's is. Part of the brain is not working right. So it sends electrical impulses up to the brain. And it controls the shakes more than usual. Wow. Like my left side, you go it goes from one to five, one to six on a on a iPad. I can use it to set set it myself or Toronto can set it. And if I need oh, okay. my, if I need my doctor in Toronto to put a new program in my iPad. They can do it over the over the computer system. I have not got to go back to Toronto. So let me ask about that then here, George. Is that so if you are feeling off today, you can adjust your settings? Yes. Uh, and so, uh, well, now, your, your lovely wife there, I saw your bride come in when we were setting up here. Does she ever try to get at that app and be like, hey, George, we got to adjust you a little bit here? And oh, she, she can turn me off. She can turn me on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, George, you're funny. This is fantastic. Okay, now, I, I, I feel like I'm being shallow when I ask this question, but I got to ask, George, isn't it, does it not seem weird to allow someone over the internet to control your brain? I mean, that to me seems like an invitation for something that, like, not even a bad thing to happen, but... You know, had. just like, hey, George, why are you dancing on the table today? <laughs> I've never had more trust with a bunch of doctors than I've had with these doctors in Toronto. Wow. I trust them with my life. Of course I did. What comes next, George? How do you feel? And, and, and do you, do you, is there more course to this or do you, this is the current 
a spot where you sit now and they study and see how this is working. Um, how many Georges are there around? Are there many people that have gone through this? I'm the only one in Canada. Really? First. First one in Canada. You, you feel like it's giving you your life back. Yes. And I recommend it to anybody with Parkinson's. Really? What else do we need to know, George? What do we not know about Parkinson's or at least this experience of Parkinson's that we don't know? Parkinson's is a dreadful disease. It takes your quality of life from you. It leaves you stranded, more or less. Taking pills up to, up to 11 a day. I was on 11 pills a day. Now I'm down to four. Really? That's and, and that's Parkinson's, Parkinson's medicine. But they prescribe for every, anybody that goes into a see a doctor, a, a specialist today. That's what is prescribed. Levocarb. Mm -hmm. um, can I can I describe um, what your um, body is like now? Um, for the audience, because I think this matters, George. I would like, if you don't mind, sure. I would like to describe because you you said that you you were afraid to even walk that you might fall down. Now you do have very slight uh, tremors, or what would you call them? Shakes or tremors, or what would you? Tremors. Tremors. It's like very very slight. It's because I'm a little bit nervous. Uh, oh, is it? Well, you're doing a fantastic job, so don't worry about that. But like you, you're basically sitting, barely moving, um, as opposed to some people that we see with Parkinson's that have pretty wild shakes that go. Yeah. I mean, you're sitting upright, you look comfortable, uh, you look handsome as ever. I mean, <laughs> you, you look like you look like a healthy person. Um, is this what you looked like a few years ago? Because I would imagine that your spirit no, was my, down. My arms would be flying, nothing to go like this. Oh, really? My arms flying. They, wow. They get shaking and going off doing his own thing. All that is gone. Now, when you do this, I want to describe for everybody, like George just lifts up his arms, just like you and I would that don't have Parkinson's. I mean, you just, you, you just go, how old are you? 68. Right. I was forced, it's unbelievable. I was forced to retire when I was 54 years old. With this onset. What did you do? What was your career? So cars. Car salesman. So then now, of course, getting your driver's license back is even more important. Yes. Wow. So what? tell me a little bit about this, because the Neurosphere Virtual Clinic and, and all these things, what is it and what was your experience of going there? I mean, you're 68, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to judge you a little bit here, George. I'm guessing that your, uh, your use of iPads and everything else is, uh, you know, I, I'm 47 and I have to get my son to help me with it. So I'm guessing that you're going to be kind of like me and that we don't use technology the same way that the young folks do. Um, this this is a whole trust in technology for you as well. I'm still learning. My wife was a computer programmer. Oh no way! So she helps me a lot. Like she was in here when we were, we were setting up. Mm -hmm. As you, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna give her credit for making sure the audio worked well. Yeah. <laughs> she was leading in, helping us get set up. So she teaches me how to do stuff. But the iPad me probably a day to get used to it mm -hmm. so anybody can get used to the ipad got a right side and a left side to it and basically you can up your program um in in point five of a and you go from like 2.0 to 2.5 2.1 2.05 it goes up to six. The higher you go up, the more electrical charge is sent to the brain. You, um, when, when you talk about that, the electrical charge and the generator that's in your chest, is it similar to that of a pacemaker um, yes. for how long it lasts before it has to be, the battery has to be replaced or uh, does it ever have to be replaced? Battery has to be replaced every four to five years. Is that difficult? No, it's Actually, if I rose my shirt up, you'd probably see it. Oh, yeah, okay. Right here. Oh, it's, so it's nothing. Like, it's just a little bit of a bump there? Yeah, it is a square what? box. Yeah. Interesting. It's fascinating. 
So, I mean, you're very openly sharing yourself here, George. Um, in fact, I would like to acknowledge the just your openness to to do this. I mean, here we are. We just met 20 minutes ago or so. And, you know, you're openly sharing yourself with me, and I'm grateful for that. Were you always this guy? Like, um, is this, you know, I mean, the benefits of situations like this is that you get to discover new powerful things about yourself. And um, and I'm curious about where that's brought you, George, because I, I'm going to guess here, again, I invite your correction, that when you were diagnosed 13 years ago with Parkinson's, 15 years ago, you said, sorry, mm-hmm. you, um, that's quite the blow to your spirit. And then you've lived with it. And now you have this new opportunity to walk again, drive again, all of that. I would guess that you would learn an awful lot about yourself. Yes. I'm back to my old self, I'm told, by my family. I lost 55 pounds Wow. while I was sick over, over, the, over the past two years. I've now gained back 25, 30 pounds. Wow. Well, because I'm eating better. I'm going out to restaurants, which I wasn't doing before. I'm enjoying life a heck of a lot better than what I was. What's your wife's name? Sandra. What about life for Sandra? How, what's uh, different for Sandra? I mean, I, I, I am inviting you to speak for her, which is probably unfair, but at least, I mean, this is this is your partner, right? Well, if so, you give me a second, I'll get her. That's beautiful. I love it. We'll do that. I'm going to describe what just happened here. Uh, George just jumped up, jumped up from the chair and walked away. That's amazing. Oh, hi. Hi, Sandra. How are you? Hi, not too bad. How about yourself? I'm good. Thank you very much. I had asked George um, to, if he didn't mind speaking for you, um, what this reinvigorated self is like for you. (laughs) Our relationship actually only started two years ago. No way. Yes. This is amazing. George was my boyfriend when I was 12. Oh, goodness. This is amazing. George, you didn't tell me. (laughs) And we grew up um, two doors away from each other. Mm -hmm. And as happens lots of times, we lost track of each other through the years. And two years ago, he came looking for me in 2020. Wow. So we got engaged in May. (laughs) How? Just this year? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. this is unbelievable. So, we, so, so we've been living together since 2020. So now you've seen him go for um, oh, a guy yeah. who was trying to create a life uh, and and all of that into this. This is a whole new guy then for you. Oh my gosh, this this is the old George. That, that you I remember from so long ago? Years yeah. ago, yeah. He's, he's come so far. Like He used to fall down a lot. He had really bad balance issues. I mean, we even had a... An occupational therapist come into the house and we got him a walker and everything because we didn't know if he was going to be a candidate for this surgery or not. We, you know, we didn't know what to expect. And, uh, I mean, my heavens now, he takes our two biggest dogs for walks together. <laughs> That's amazing. You know? Um, it's an 80-pound dog. Yeah, one of them is 80 pounds. <laughs> so, wow. That's yeah. small. Yeah, he's, he's a big, he's our gentle giant. Yeah, but it still takes, you got to be able to be ready, right? I mean, the, the notion that you couldn't walk before without falling and now no. you're comfortable walking an 80-pound dog, that's that's a big difference. And George, when you jumped up from the chair, I, I described, uh, <laughs> you literally jumped up from the chair. Yeah. Like, it's not what you would expect no. from someone who has Parkinson's. No, he's, he's, he's not the same at all. And when he's doing the virtual meetings and they turn off the machine, like, it just amazes me. And I was a computer programmer in my pre-retirement life so like I'm a real nerd like this is like (laughs) fascinating to me but I mean they turn off the machine and he just starts to shake and his legs go and his arms go just like he used to be and then they turn it back on and it's like it's like a miracle it is it's a miracle it's amazing I'm gonna ask you to speak selfishly for me here Sandra because (laughs) uh speak selfishly uh you you have a whole new life to live for I do, and I told him I was willing to take him regardless with whatever happened, whether he had the Parkinson's or he was able to get help. Or I, what I said was I'm there for the good and or the bad, whichever, whatever happened. Mm-hmm. And thank God it was the good. 
No, oh, I mean, I mean, we got a whole new life ahead of us. George used to talk so much about, oh, I only got a couple of years left, and you know, he, I mean, he was to the point that if things didn't improve, I don't think he would have. I, I think he probably would have just gotten depressed and and given up. Despair is a scary place. Yeah, it is a pretty scary place. And uh, and now, I mean, he got a whole new lease on life, right? I just got to watch out for him now with those blondes on the road, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, Sandra, thank you so much for jumping in just uh, unprompted like this. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, my dear. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. So, George. Mm-hmm. You have literally reinvented your life. Yes. You literally have everything to live for. Yes, you can say that again. Oh. Can I tell you about the real good stuff, she says. <laughs> that was a very married moment, so I'm glad you guys are engaged to get married because that sounded like a very married couple. It was perfect. Thank you. <laughs> when... um. So when are you going to get married? Are you going to do a formal ceremony? Uh, we haven't decided yet. I think we'd like a quiet, just have family around us. Uh, I, I, will you keep us up to date with how this goes? I can, yes. I love it. I mean, the story of the Parkinson's is amazing, but got to tell you, George, the love story is the fact that that's what it gives you to work for. I mean, that like it's given you literally everything that we all seek every day and now you've had an opportunity to have it again and that's that's remarkable i'll keep in touch this is the shift podcast well we get ourselves tangled up in technology and we can't really unwind it it's hard to make a decision and when you go to the store they're like uh, blah, 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 fancy electronics, blah, 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 fancier, plus storage, blah, woo, 5G. And it doesn't make any sense, right? Like, it's so confusing, and you feel like they're selling the same things. You know, well, this screen is purple, and this screen is red plus blue. It's just, it's weird. It's hard to follow. So I know a guy that recently made the switch from Android. We're talking, like, lifelong Shane, you're wrong, wrong. iPhone is not better, wrong. And like for a couple of years now, I've heard this from my friend. And take a wild guess what happened this weekend. Somebody switched. Now, who's my friend who switched? We're going to get the help of Handy Andy Barrar to get into the conversation. Andy, I'm on the case, Shane. You're on the case. I'm on the case because there's someone that we know near and dear to us that has made, mm -hmm. has gone from one side, has hopped the fence, the proverbial smartphone fence, gone into a new ecosystem. And that person is none other than Ryan O'Donnell. Ryan, what, first of all, mm -hmm. I want to know why did you make this switch? Because mm -hmm. uh, he got smart. There's one, there's only, there's two reasons. Uh, I'll give you the, the less it. important one. Well, yeah. the the less important <laughs> reason girl. is that uh, the less important reason is that I just wasn't really impressed with the S twenty one Samsung. Like I had always, I had had Samsung since the uh, HTC stopped making phones. I loved HTC phones; those are awesome. Uh, and I had always considered like the the step up to be awesome. And then with the S twenty one, I just I don't know. I just didn't really find the phone you know, exciting or, or fun to use. It just seemed very simple. So I was, you know, let's spice it up. Uh, but the main reason was long distance dating. My partner is moving away for two years to Ontario. They are on Apple and I wanted to have FaceTime. I wanted to have faster iMessaging. I wanted to be able to, uh, you know, airdrop and all these connected things very quickly. That sound exactly. Um, and... Oops. That's that's why I did it, and I can already tell it was the right decision, based off those two facts. Okay, so for everybody who's ever thought about it, let's for for you know we have a phone. Some of us keep phones for a really long time. Some of us have them short term, 
Andy, you know, this is not easy for anyone who's been so confused about what to do and the lingo gets them tangled up and what do I really need anyway? I mean, so this this is a tough one. Well, this is a different situation because what Ryan is doing is leaving the Android ecosystem and going into the Apple ecosystem. So typically when you upgrade your phone and you stay in that ecosystem, it's pretty seamless. You know, you can just move to the new phone and all of your data, your contacts, your your photos, your calendars, all of that moves over uh, pretty seamlessly. However, once you go over that fence, it's a little bit different. And years ago, when the, the rivalry first started, it was pretty hard to go from Android to iPhone. And, and for a lot of people, they stuck to the ecosystem for that very reason. But what Ryan is saying is the reason everyone that I know on Android makes that switch to iPhone, it's because of family members. They're not part of the iMessage groups. They're not part of FaceTime. And they're sick of using WhatsApp and other means like uh, Facebook Live to, to chat with people. So they go the Apple route. I've seen this happen so many times. People, people who get married, you know, one's on one ecosystem, the other one's on the other. And it's just like Ryan was saying, and then they have to come to a consensus. We're going to stick to one ecosystem. So um, I'm just curious, Ryan, when you did this, did you use an app on your Android phone to move the data onto the iPhone? It didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> luckily, no. Luckily, I was at a uh, at a Rogers that that and the, the people were very nice there, so they they were patient with me. We tried that app, which was moved to iOS, and it just didn't load. It just didn't work, which might be because I've been with Android for so long. There was so much content to move, but instead, they now have manual. Yeah, they're just mad. They wanted to let, they wouldn't let me go. Um, but I, they had manual cords. They were able to manually move stuff wow. over, and old school. Most of it worked, except I lost my text history. So all of that's gone. All the old texts I have, and all those, uh, lost uh, all the apps. You know, the photos are safe, but all the apps have to re-download all that and uh, that kind of stuff. But I would, it, it's an, an annoying process, but not as horrible as I was expecting it to be. Now, this app that you mentioned, it's called uh, Move to iOS. It's actually Apple's first Android app. It's on the Google Play Store. And this is this app exists to make this transition uh, seamless. And the fact that it didn't work for you, Ryan, is, is the first time I've heard of that. Um, and I, I think it's because you've been inside the Google ecosystem. So like all of your contacts are within Google, in Gmail. You have your calendars. And I'm just wondering... Were you able to move? Do you have Google apps on your phone? Are you still using a lot of those Google apps on iPhone, like the uh, Google Maps? Like, what are you using oh, now yeah. for, for your maps? The Google stuff was pretty easy. So, uh, yeah, I'm not even bothering with Apple Maps because I remember when that came out, and I don't, need, I don't need that. It did not work well, and I don't know if it's gotten any better. I don't care. Google Maps is great. Stuck with that, no problem. All I needed to do was sign in. So as soon as I was able to sign in and say, yes, Google, this is my phone now, Gmail transferred. It was a little finicky, but I was able to get it to work. Gmail, Google, uh, YouTube, maps all of those key features on my last phone which was an android work just fine on the apple i'm just getting used to the fact that they look and feel a bit different that's the one thing i'm still getting used to well that's the thing is when you move the into the different interface it, it the phone you know phones look all the same they have a, a touch screen but everything inside that phone is different so i'm wondering now this is you're, you're like a fresh iphone user and I'm wondering, what do you like and what don't you like about the interface? Like, what do you miss on Android? But okay. what do you think yeah. that that iPhone has done better? Okay, so uh, I love how the phone looks. For one, I think it's a very like it's very simple. But I got it in green. That was big. I needed to get it in green. I'm glad it, it looks oh, really good. You got good. the green phone. I got the green phone. Like it's like a forest green. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, well, okay, they marketed so... that as iPhone as Apple's first green phone. Yeah. Like eco green is how they marketed it, but it's actually just green. It's just green. <laughs> it's uh, my favorite thing so far about the phone, I all in all really like the interface. Um, it's uh, the Siri is so much better than Bigsby and any of the Android apps. It's not even close. I never use them. I've already used Siri way more. So that's a big win. My favorite thing so far though, is the camera. And it's actually, I would say the camera's a little bit better than my old camera, 
but it's what you can do with this camera that's different. With the Samsung, I could take a beautiful picture, but then I would go into a separate app and do a bunch of editing to make it look spectacular, right? With the iPhone, you just do it. The The phone just knows how to make your photos look better. And the all of the individual modes that are built in to take portraits or panoramas and all that are just so much more fun, for one, and uh, effective to use than the Android one. So that those are the two big things is I like the overall feel um, and experience and seamlessness. It feels very smooth and the refresh rate is excellent. So it's very fast and, you know, clean screen uh, and then the camera and what you can do with it. Yeah, a lot of this happens because Apple is controlling both the software and the hardware. And that's a rare thing. And that's why everything just works so good. I always say that going into the Apple ecosystem is like checking into the Hotel California. You know, you can you can check out, but you can't ever leave. And the reason why is because as soon as you get in that ecosystem, and Shane, you know this, then you start getting a MacBook and then you start getting an iPad. Yeah. And then you wow. get an Apple Watch and everything just works seamlessly in that ecosystem. The most amazing thing of all is being on the computer and taking a, a, a browser URL string, like a website address, and copying that or being on your phone and getting email from Andy and he says, hey, check out this link. And I can sit at my computer and I can open up my phone and I can push and hold that link, copy it, and then just literally go paste into my browser on my computer and it just moves it from my phone to my computer, from this computer to that computer. Like it's that's man that's some seamless stuff and when i'm on an airplane flying um it, it it's that is the most amazing feature because if they're i'm sitting on the airplane and say i connect my 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 macbook air to the wi-fi i'm working but something was on my phone i can literally just copy it and paste it onto my mac it's like that's the best part of all of it so the the integration is just absolutely it's spots. now amazing. ryan what 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 don't you like about the iphone this okay. i'm curious about all right, so um, I don't really love the notifications as much. Yeah, there's a lot of swiping on this phone. With the Android, you swipe down, swipe, 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 get rid of your notifications. With the and with the Apple, I find they're anywhere. And even like simple things, you know, if I'm holding my phone uh, horizontal and I'm watching a video, if I want to like minimize it, you actually have to press the buttons and move the phone around to get it back to the original screen. But on the Android, you could just swipe and it would know. Uh, the uh, YouTube also had like a mini player function on YouTube, which was really nice. Um, and it, it was just kind of, uh, I, I feel like it's just not quite as smooth moving between apps, but it almost makes up for it. The, the One of the cool features on the 13 Pro Max, which I have, is that you can calibrate the back of the phone to have a touch sensor. So if I tap it twice, it opens up my app selector. And I'm not touching the screen. I'm literally touching the back of the phone. So I can go through and manage my apps. Tap it three times, it opens up the camera. So this makes a lot of sense with Apple. For everything that bothers me, there's five or so other things that make me not feel so bothered about it that are really interesting to use. And also, I think a part of it is just getting used to the very different feel. Once you go Apple, you never go back. All right, so you're going to have to forgive the uh, this Uber nerd thing that's flowing through your speakers today because that's what's happening. HandyAndyMedia.com if you want to follow with Andy. He has all kinds of gadget conversations too around everything from DIY in your garden to uh, projectors, TVs, all that stuff. In this conversation, Ryan has moved from an Android phone, Samsung in particular, to um, to an iPhone. Ryan is happy and we all are happy when Ryan's happy. And, and so Ryan's Ryan loves it. And that's where the conversation left off. If you missed it, this will be on the shift daily podcast. If you want to share it with your friends, if you know somebody who's been thinking about making the switch, the question is that was asked before we got to the break, which are the things that you don't like or the things that you miss about Android. But even one of those things just got solved when we were chatting about it during the break. Um, Ryan, is there really anything left over that you're going to be, you think you're going to be stuck on from your old Android world? Mm. Oh, you know, it's a really stupid one that I love is uh, ringtones. I re like on Android, you can download apps like Zedge where there's thousands of ringtones and notifications. You could change it for free, have some fun, get a stupid, silly one. Uh, not on Apple. You got to pay for them and you can't mm. even get the really stupid meme ones that I love. You can get some greatly. good ones though. Yeah, um, they do have some good ones. Happy but RPG too. The viruses are totally different, so your exposure in that is mm -hmm. also different, right? Yep. So that's a good that, thing too. True. 
So what do you do with the old phones here, Andy? I've got, I've picked up myself an older Android phone because I have an app that runs only on Android for my car. It's a car reader and tuner programmer. But so I needed to get that because it doesn't work on my iPhone. So while Ryan's making this switch, now I'm not switching, but I just, I got a, a next to nothing bare minimum that'll work uh, cheapo. So that works for me. Now, what do we do with the old phones? Because there's a whole marketplace for used phones now. Yes, of course. If you do need to buy a phone, you could always look at the marketplace for a, a refurb phone. And a lot of people in the Apple ecosystem, they'll do this because it is expensive to buy a brand new iPhone. So they'll get, when the new iPhone comes out, a lot of early adopters, even though they might have, say, the iPhone 13, they want the 14. So they'll get rid of the 13 so you can get a good deal on that. The, the other case is if you have a phone, because a lot of people upgrade about every two years and you'll notice that the battery on your phone just doesn't have this hold the same charge as it did when you first got it and that's just part of the design of these lithium ion batteries they they kind of lose their charge each time you charge it so typically it's about 23 months so let's say two years is when most people will upgrade but here's the thing it still works so the question is what do you do with it a good hack and a good trick that you can do with an old phone, whether it's iPhone or Android, is turn it into a home security camera. You can download this app on both platforms called Alfred. And you're going to need two phones, one as acting as the camera and one as the viewer. And you could actually set one of these phones up. You could sit on a tripod. You could, you know, make it discreet if you, if, if you think that your roommate's going into your room or something like that. I feel and like vacations, can... Andy, like if you're going on vacation, but you don't normally have a security system, set yes. this up in the living room, looking at the front door, your front window, um, porch pirates, Christmas time. Packages. Exactly. There's a lot of different types of, uh, you know, use cases that you'd want it. And so you don't even have to buy a security camera. You could use your old phone. The only stipulation is you're going to make sure that it it's charged. It's, it's powered the entire time. Otherwise, it's just not going to last as a security camera. But you can buy these super long cords, uh, USB-C cords, and even Apple Lightning cords that are really long. Or you can buy an extension cord, run it, you know, set it up, and then you have that peace of mind. Another thing that I do, and I, I do this with both phones and old tablets, is get some double-sided tape, go to the dollar store, get some crazy glue, put that on the, on the double-sided tape, and mount it directly onto your wall just above an outlet. And then again, use a cord hider and run the cable down and charge it. And then you could use it as a jukebox for your Bluetooth speaker in your house. So when you want to listen to your favorite music or podcasts or shows like this, you can then just, you know, like an old school jukebox, play it, and then it will broadcast to your Bluetooth speakers. And this is really good if you have a multi-Bluetooth speaker system because you can get that multi-room stuff all from this one tablet. I actually have a tablet right in my living room that I use all the time with a, a speaker. So uh, the thing is, these these devices, even though they might not have value in terms of resale, you can still find uses for it uh, inside the home and and make um, and repurpose them basically. Well, this is cool because well, you use them often um, for some of the information to put on a screen and stuff too. So this is, you know, this is kind of cool. Is there any way to cut through the confusion, though? Because even Ryan, I mean, Ryan's a young man. He's he's into the technology, all those things. And even Ryan got a little tangled up in, by the way, contract this, technology that. Um, is it just as simple as finding, you know, I know a guy who at the store that's willing to serve you? Because I've been misled before. Ryan's been misled before. You go to a different store, you get more clear info. Yeah, I was really shocked that that um, Apple app moved to iOS app on Android didn't work for Ryan. And so he's lucky that he had someone at the store that could uh, help him make that migration. Because if he had to do it by himself, it's a lot of YouTube videos. I'll tell you that you're going to have to do some digging online to make that transition. So it's it, it's nice for him that he had that service because for a lot of people are just too busy. They don't want that headache. Uh, you have to be pretty geeky and stubborn to want to do stuff like that. You got to be someone like myself to want to go through that kind of headache. So I'm glad that it, it worked for Ryan. Yeah, that's cool. I love it. Well, if you uh, want to learn more about what Andy does with all of these things and his advice for this, he's the best at learning all of it. Um, just go to handyandymedia.com, follow the YouTube channel, get more information there and see 
um, what's right for you. It doesn't have to be brand new. We're not talking about brand new. Ryan wanted brand new, but I needed really, really old, right? I needed something old and simple that worked, and my budget was nothing. So I went looking on Virage Sale. I went looking everywhere I could to find something that worked that was simple and uh, handyandymedia.com to get it. Thanks so much for being here and, uh, and doing the magic that you do, buddy. My pleasure. Good luck, Ryan. This is the Shift Podcast. Are you okay with? Are you okay with Chad? The name Chad. When you hear the name Chad, you probably imagine somebody who might sound like this. My dude. Uh, whoa. Nice shirt, my dude. <laughs> Thanks, my dude. Uh, uh, listen, uh, I would love to feed a fellow surfer boy, but kitchen closed like five minutes ago, so no more pies tonight, man. That's <laughs> oh, all right, my dude. We're not here for your tasty pies. All right, so uh, different people have different names. Um, that we carry as a negative association. Karen could be one. Chad could be one. Mm-hmm. That sounds more like Spicoli than anything else, man. Yeah, man. I don't know. Chad, I just kind of assume is like, what's up? I'm Chad. There was that great, Pete Davidson had that great character on SNL, just Chad, where he would mm-hmm. only say like literally one word in a sentence. The angels like greeting him at the gates of heaven. You can choose to go back to the mortal world okay and he just immediately comes back to life yeah like that's that's what i envision when i hear the name chad i i well we talked about puka shells i imagine frosted tips and puka shells but that's probably exactly. when i had a friend named chad in my life so that stereotype is probably one of the reasons why chad is one of the most underused baby names uk-based baby shopping outlet bella baby studied google trends data to determine the most unpopular names for boys and girls Here are some of the most unpopular names for boys and girls. Unpopular. Let me know if you uh, agree or disagree. Kobe. I agree. That's kind of unpopular. Yeah, that's kind of like only one person should have that name. Jeffrey. Really? Jeffrey's not a bad name. Jeffrey's not a bad name. Jeff is a good nickname. Jeff's a good name. I also like the the Geoff for the Jeffrey. I think if we're going to do it, like Joe, yeah, do do the gee off. Um, Nigel, who doesn't like Nigel? Nigel, I understand. But uh, yeah, I had a good friend, uh, have a good friend named Nigel who was just called Nige, and it was fun. He's a great guy. Mm. So Nigel's Ashton good. comes on the list. Mm, no, not Ashton. Ash. I like Ash. Ash is a great Asher. name, but not Ashton. Graham. I like Graham. Graham. A little fancy. Oh, Graham. Uh, Stuart. Stuart doesn't like st- this one is not really Stuart like that. It's more of a Stuart. Hi, oh, Stuart. Yeah, I think the st- uh, to me Stuart is more of the W. It's more of the old school. Stuart. No, I hear the W with the the way you're saying it. When I hear no, the dude. name Stuart, though, like the person I'm picturing has glasses. You know, hmm. this is also coming from someone who wears glasses. So. Yeah. Chad is on this list. Gary, I like I like Gary because it's like Gar. Gary and Barry, they're like Gar and Bar. What's up, Gar? I've got a buddy named Gary. He's another hockey dad here. What's up, Gar? Right? And uh, so I like that. Bill, I just, I would say, what's wrong with William? Hello, Willie. William. Yep. It, it's funny how English accents make names um, weird. Okay, so unpopular names for girls. Angela. Angela. <laughs> I have an ex-girlfriend named Angela. I agree with we, the sentiment. <laughs> we hate that then. That's that's our baggage, our collective baggage. Kimberly, yeah. I think, is a beautiful name. I have no problem with Kimberly. That's a, that's a good name. I like Kimberly. Alexa. Google ruined that for everybody. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Or Amazon, Although I have or... a... Alexis is, is still all right. Hmm. They get Lexi, right? So that's all right. Uh, Nicole, I have no problem with Nicole. I Nicole, my name. aunt's name is Nikki. Yeah. No. Ashley, nothing wrong with Ashley. It's pretty common for I my like generation. The, yeah, it's popular. It might be a little burned out. Like Lorraine is such a nice old school name. I think like Lorraine is a nice name. Yep. That's Kristen, Lorraine. not Kirsten. Both of those could be a little bit burnt out, but Kristen's on the list. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, unpopular names, Suzanne, not Susan, Suzanne, which I would say the other way. I like Suzanne. I think that's fun for a name. See, I don't know. I, I don't find these incredibly unpopular. See, yeah. The, I mean, there's just a lot of names out there. For Suzanne, it's kind of like Laura and Loren. You know, it's one of those names where it's like, mm. it's kind of the same, but the ending is, depending on what your name is, you find the ending of the Laura other unnecessary. Has- one has the old school flair to it, and one is like super fresh, 90210. Oh my God. Yes. Kind of name. Yeah. The right. name Laura comes from the, like, the the laurel, like, you know, like what the Romans had for mm. victory. Yeah. That's where that name comes from. Uh, Trucker Dan says there are five Daniels at my work, range in age from <laughs> 63 to 21. There are also two <laughs> Dannys. Jeez. Okay. I know what I'm not naming my kid. Too many. Jeffrey makes me think of a butler. Jeffrey. Um, Jeffrey Alexander. It's, it's like Benjamin. Benjamin. Right Benjamin's Benjamin. very butlery name. Benjamin, Is the it? caviar's getting gold. <laughs> Are you okay with Airbnb? Uh, I've only used it once, and it was really good for what it, we used it for. We it was we had to travel for a funeral, so we weren't really sure how long we were going to be there for. And uh, it was a whole house. It was a good space. It was clean, ah, nice good. and easy. Worked worked mm-hmm. out. Yeah. So in my mm-hmm. one experience with Airbnb is positive. Yeah, with a big with a big house like that for a family thing, that's a really great way to use it. Unique places, cabins, waterfront apartments, stuff like that. Or if you're going for a place and you want to get to work there for four or five days, yep. I like Airbnbs for things like hockey tournaments. When we're going to be there for four or five days, hockey Perfect. camps. Yeah, bed and breakfast, also great for, for hockey camps. Well, I use a hotel where you can stay in a basement or a home like Handy Andy's Super Tech Airbnb. He's a super host, by the way. One particular Airbnb listing is getting a lot of backlash. That's because the listing lets you stay inside a former slave house. No joke, that's what they titled it. A TikTok video went viral showcasing that listing, and here it is. This is not okay in the least bit. And I know there's going to be somebody that says, oh, you're looking for controversy where it doesn't exist. No, this is an 1830s slave cabin that is up on Airbnb as a as a bed and breakfast. How do I know that this is slave quarters other than just using my eyes and looking at it? Well, they say it in the listing. This particular structure, the Panther Burn Cabin, is an 1830s slave cabin from the Panther Burn Plantation. How is this okay in somebody's mind to to rent this out, a place where human beings were kept as slaves? Rent this out as a bed and breakfast. Here it is. That's it right there, the slave quarters next to the big house. It's in uh, Greenville, Mississippi. That's that's the host, Brad, the super host. But what really kills me is reviews. Memorable. Highly recommend watching the sunset. We stayed in the sharecropper cabin and ate in the main house. Enjoyed everything about our stay. The cottage, the history, the tour, the breakfast, and all was great. We stayed in the cabin, and it was historic but elegant. A slave cabin is elegant. What a delightful place to step into history, southern hospitality, and stay a night or two. Cool spot. Way better than a hotel. Now, I actually have mixed emotions about this. I don't... uh, That guy's name is Winton Yates, by the way. I actually agree 100% that marketing it as a slave cabin is wildly inappropriate. But I don't agree that nobody should stay there. I think that, in fact you like you call it i mean if it's a place that people live in it's a place that people live in well here's the thing it's beside a massive manor on a former plantation so it's a tiny cabin beside a a former plantation like headquarter like building right i get it but i mean if you take if you don't market it as a slave property and then you say come stay in this small cabin outside this manor and then when you get there the history of this building includes all of these things right and so then you teach the history that'd be like some like there there are hotels that are in downtowns in many places that have dreadful histories back in time you're going to close the hotels i mean i think marketing it is absurd like that oh, is so bad terrible. inappropriate right terrible Disgusting. because what it does is it changes the context for everyone who says this is a beautiful place to stay Right. Because it's been obviously upgraded and changed and all the things. So, you know, I, I guess it comes down to the uh, comes down to a place that marketing anything to do with slavery is not OK. Um, but if it is that important on slavery 
and you don't want to use it as a place to stay, then keep it as a historical, a historical place where people can visit and learn about the dread of the past is probably the best solution on it. But I, I, I don't think he's looking for controversy by any means. But anyway, um, the, uh, the last antebellum mansion along the river in the Mississippi Delta. So what I would say is that um, it's probably worth reevaluating how it gets used. Maybe it is one of those places that's better to be a memorial or information like that. So, you know, I'm not being uh, trying to be uh, insensitive to the notion of it, but I think that there's a lot of houses, a lot of houses that were involved in all that stuff that it's have a dreadful history. And if you market that for cash, that's unbelievably terrible. But if you don't tell the story, um, you got to tell the story. It's important to bring people there. I guess maybe that's a better way to say it. It's important to bring people there if they can learn the story and how terrible things were. Are you okay with? All right, here's a big one. This is the job. Trucker Dan says, I can't believe there's a $100,000 job better than tasting candy. This could be it. Are you okay with napping? Nah, not really. I love naps. I can't do it. Today, me and the dog curl up, have a little snuggle. See, I wish I could. If you find yourself sleeping more than most people, um, you may have found yourself a dream job. Uh, Dream job. Well done, Ryan. Pun very much intended by Rye Guy. Thank you. Mattress company Casper is searching for Casper sleepers to snooze for a living. Job requirements include sleeping in company stores and in, quote, unexpected settings out in the world. The qualifications, exceptional sleeping ability, a desire to sleep as much as possible, and, of course, the ability to sleep through anything. Other perks include getting to wear pajamas to work, some free Casper products, and a flexible part-time schedule. That's from ABC7. Job applications are open until August 11th, by the way. you got a couple of days to get your name in. Casper has a way for you to boost your chances in the interview, too. They say aspiring sleepers are encouraged to show off their sleep skills on TikTok. So not only are you applying for a job, they're asking you to market them before you get paid. A key part of the job will be showing off your napping skills on, you guessed it, TikTok. So if you want to sleep and drool, then you can get in on that, too. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.